Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Wednesday, January the 4th, 2023, at 10.20 a.m. Central Time. For today's Focus, I want you to imagine the following scene. There is someone laying in a bed, and they're fast approaching the end of their life. Now, when they speak, it's just barely a whisper. They they don't really have much strength left. The end of their life is coming fast, and they they're they're there. They're they're struggling to breathe, and they they finally speak, and they say. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And sometime later, they pass away. Sometime later, they die. Now, when you imagine that scene, what do you feel? What what emotions do you have? Do Do you look at that as a beautiful picture of someone who obviously loves God so much? They love the Lord so much that with their last breath, their very last words is just a confession of their love for the Lord. In other words, the Lord is so important in their life that that's that's what they want to use their last words for their their last breath they want to tell they want to basically confess to god i love you lord right before they slip into eternity do you find that beautiful do you find that powerful do you see that as a confession of of this person's devotion What if I was to tell you those were the very last words spoken by Pope Benedict right before he passed away? Pope Benedict's last words, according to his bedside nurse, was, I love you, Lord. Does that does that change your emotion? Does does that change your feeling? Does that does that go from oh how beautiful to making you feel sad? Does that make you feel conflicted? Do you have any emotional response? Now early this morning when I read that news story, that Pope Benedict's last words were I love you Lord. I found myself struggling. I found myself greatly conflicted. It bothered me greatly. It really did. Now, I know for, for many Christians, especially, especially on social media, someone like the Pope or someone dies, immediately it turns into, well, you know, they went to hell. You know that, and immediately it's just like, it's almost like we relish or, che- or uh, celebrate the fact that if someone dies that we disagree with theologically, that we get to celebrate the fact that they go to hell. It's really bizarre how some Christians act. It's almost like they get to rejoice that their theological enemy is burning. It, it's really weird, but some Christians do that. Obviously for me, I I try my best to take the approach that when anyone dies, believer, unbeliever, it doesn't matter. It's a sad thing because someone created in the image of God, they drew their last breath and they slipped into eternity. 
And yes, I do believe the Bible teaches that it's either heaven or hell. So that makes it even more somber. It makes it more meaningful it may it makes it more significant and i and i don't understand how some christians can be so flippant and they're like well you know they they went to hell you know i i i can remember when a very famous pastor his son committed suicide and the christians on the internet at that time was like well his son died because his theology is garbage and well his son probably went to hell because his, his dad's and it's just like there was no compassion there was no brokenness. There was no love. It's just like, oh, I don't like them. Well, they, they're going to get what they deserve. And it's like, what, what, what is in the minds of a believer that when someone dies, they see it as an opportunity to declare some kind of theological victory. I, I'm not a fan of that approach or, you know, and it's, I just, I just don't understand that. It's, it's a horrible thing. I mean, death is, Ugh. I mean, it, it it brings the end of this life, but the, the most significant part is what happens next, because what happens next lasts for eternity, and that's never something to be celebrated. That that's something that 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 is prof- that, that that's so profound and so significant that it, it's hard for me to even contemplate sometimes how how to process that. Someone was alive and now they've entered into eternity. And as much as I get bothered by how many Christians handle that, at the same time, I am painfully aware of the fact that when someone dies, they do enter into eternity. There is a heaven and there is a hell. The Bible seems to be emphatic about that. I don't think there's any way to read the Bible and draw any other conclusion. And here's the hard part about that. Our emotions in regards to a person dying and entering into eternity has no bearing at all on where they go. No matter what we feel, no matter what we want to say, we can sit there and say, yes, they went to heaven and we can comfort ourselves and convince ourselves. But the reality is it's beyond our control. Our emotions doesn't change anything. And our declaration of where they're going doesn't have any bearing on it at all. We don't make the determination. And, and, I, and I've seen Christians fall into this trap uh, that especially if it's a loved one, we immediately try to say, oh, well, of course they're in heaven. Of course they're in heaven. Of course they're in heaven. We will, in fact, people who hold to a, they can hold to a, a strong theology that basically says you're not saved unless you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Find a way to throw out all of those <laughs> requirements when it's a loved one. But, we, we, but our emotions have no bearing on a person's salvation, what we want has no bearing. And that salvation is not determined by any human emotion or sentiment or anything like that. Salvation seems to be determined by the finished work of Jesus Christ alone and our faith in that finished work alone. Pope Benedict says, I love you, Lord. My human emotion says, here's someone 
who obviously I disagree with theologically completely, but someone who gave their life to serving the church and in their minds serving Christ. Whatever we may agree or disagree with what they've done, I mean, obviously their life was filled with sin, just like all of our lives are filled with sin. But it shows that at, at the end of his life, all he could think to say was, I love you, Lord. So there's something powerful about that. But here's what I know. Salvation isn't determined by that, is it? And the sad part is the gospel, as understood and declared by Roman Catholicism, is radically different than the gospel that is put forth, confessed, and taught by those of us who are not Catholic. If we go back to the Council of Trent, they declared an anathema upon anyone who says that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone. We, as non-Catholics, have declared basically an anathema upon the Roman Catholic gospel as being a gospel of works, and therefore it is a false gospel. And can a false gospel save? Galatians chapter 1, we read these very somber words. Galatians chapter 1, I'm going to read it from two different translations, verse 6. I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him which called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are trouble, troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, a curse be on him. Those are strong words. Let me read those same words from the King James. They even have, I feel, more of an impact. Galatians 1.6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that you have received, let him be accursed. Let him be basically anathema. Let him be damned. Now, my, my human emotion, my, 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 my emotion says, Pope Benedict says, I love you, Lord. I mean, come on, that, 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 that has to be something. But isn't it frightening to think that possibly someone could say, I love you, Lord, and really love the Lord in some way, but yet be eternally wrong when it comes to salvation? That, that, that just messes me up. Like, I, 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 my mind just has a hard time with this. Now, I know others are going to be like, oh, whatever, blah, 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 blah. He, he went to hell. And, and like, I don't understand that, that mentality. That, that's disturbing to me. I love you, Lord. 
I'm not going to call into question that he loved the Lord. What I'm going to call into question is he loved the Lord believing that the Lord's salvation was an infused righteousness and not an imputed righteousness. It was a gospel that required all kinds of works and sacraments to possibly just keep you in a state of grace. And then when you die in a state of grace, you go to purgatory to be purged so that one day you could ultimately enter into heaven. A, A whole system of works that seems so contrary to the gospel of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou, thou will be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is, it is a gospel that says, yes, believe. God will infuse you with righteousness. Now you must cooperate. And if you cooperate the right way, you will die in a state of grace. Then you'll get purged in purgatory to so that one day you can enter into the glories of heaven. That's very, that's completely different concept. And that concept and our concept both can't be right. And here's the hard part. Truth doesn't care about emotions. Truth doesn't care about how I feel. Truth doesn't, truth is not worried at all about my emotions. And that is so In some ways, it's so comforting, right? Because whatever truth is, it doesn't change based off emotion. It doesn't change how I feel. In other words, I I may not feel something, right? I may not have a feeling, but that doesn't change the fact of God's existence, of the truth of the gospel, and of the truth of Christ's finished work. So so in in one way, I'm glad truth is not moved by emotion. But on the other hand, it can be sometimes very... sometimes it can be almost like a slap in the face because truth isn't concerned with my emotion. There's a comfort in it, but there's a, there's a something unsettling about it as well. See, if I imagine that scene, if I would have been in that room with his bedside nurse and he just, he just speaks Pope Benedict and he says, I love you, Lord. And then later he passes away. That's his final words. My emotion says, wow, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Truth seems to say, well, that that doesn't mean anything. We're not saved by our love. We're saved by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. So if you have a wrong gospel, what does that mean? Now, on one hand, this is very important. When it's someone who's not a part of our family, when it's someone we disagree with theologically, it's easy to be so strict and And yes, this is the gospel. That's a false gospel. They don't go to heaven. It's easy to be so bold and and, and strict because we don't have that emotional tie. But if that was a loved one of yours or of mine, and they say, I love you, Lord, but their gospel was completely wrong, would we be so strict at that moment? Or would we change the rules? 
so that we could convince ourselves that our loved one is in heaven. This was a profoundly disturbing part of my Christian journey because I had not been saved very long when my mother died. I was young. She died unexpectedly. Nobody knew it was going to happen in aneurysm. What, 39 years of age? Nobody, nobody saw it coming. And when I stood at her graveside, I had to ask myself, okay, is there, is there any way she was saved? I mean, like, I, there's, just, there's just no way. And so then I had to deal with the reality. If she wasn't saved, no matter how I feel, no matter what my emotions are, it won't change anything. I have no say in, in her eternity. It doesn't matter what. I, could, I can come up with a hundred ways to say she's going to heaven. It's not going to change anything. I could I could come up with a hundred ways saying she was not going to go to heaven. It's not going to. We have no we have no control over it. So sometimes it's like it's it's. I think it's odd that on one hand we show no compassion or mercy for someone who we aren't connected to, but if it's someone we're connected to, we'll, we will we will rewrite the entire Bible to get them into heaven. Pope Benedict's last words were, I love you, Lord. How do you process that today? How does that make you feel? Because there's only one gospel. There's not two. And only one can be true. And only the true one can save. That is today's focus for Wednesday, January the 4th, 2023.